This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at work? Badger. Oh, yes. right in there. Houghton also making his presence felt. There's his shot. It's a goal for Allen. And Ray Houghton has made it wonder. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh. he has No. Hello and welcome to another episode of Quickly Kevin, Will He Score, the 90s football show, the World Cup specials. I'm Chris Gold, joining me, World Cup's Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And the World Cup's Michael Martin. Hello. We're recording this the day after England beat Colombia on penalties. Yeah. And I bring this up because we watched it yours, Josh. You left your house <laughs> and went to a park. I went and said, have I shown you the photo of me when yeah. we won? Just a photo of me smiling in a park on my own. <laughs> you couldn't handle... I couldn't handle the penalties. I saw Falcao score and I thought... Um, to quote Barney Rona in The Guardian today, I've seen England crash this car before. <laughs> oh, paraphrase. But, do you know what? I'll always have... Have you seen the film Fever Pitch? Yeah. yeah. You know at the end when he's running down the street, or there's like a bit at the end, it might be the Ruth Gemmell characters like running down the street and they're all celebrating. Yeah, it's one of the most unrealistic football scenes. You say that, mate! <laughs> You say that? I've lived it. I was running back to the house, right? And I was screaming, yeah! And people were leaning out of their windows, screaming. Wait, yeah! Like, it was amazing! It was like a scene from a movie. It was like a scene from a movie. So I was running down the street, yeah! And then, because obviously everyone has their window open because it's boiling. Yeah. So people in, like, whose sitting room's on the top floor or whatever are leaning out their window. I find that so odd. They're like, if it was my house, I wouldn't go and scream out of the window. Like, what's I think it was in response that? to me. <laughs> so what was it like? Could you hear, like, the whole of London, like, cheer? No, I could hear... Um, so I, I knew we'd missed, but then I heard two huge cheers. And I, I, I just sat and listened to Three Lions on my phone. <laughs> What a World Cup moment. Do you know what I've realised today? And I, I wanted to say this on the podcast. I'm glad I remembered. So this morning, I listened to Three Lions three times. Do you know what we've never discussed? Is this England United song that was the official song of 1998. Yeah. I listened to it today. Have you listened to it? We, we, well, I picked it. Uh, yeah, as, I had to listen to it because Chris picked it as one of the songs to play out. It's so awful. It's, it's not bad. I think it's Oh, right. man. But the lineup of bands... This, I just want to know what was going on in the recording studio when... Echo and the Bunny Man, the Spice Girls, 
Ocean Colour Scene and Space were all teamed up together. Why are these weird bands put together? Why is he why is he written that yeah. song? There's, why is he gone? You know We've got the Spice Girls on board, the biggest band in the world. Yeah. We've got Ocean Colour Scene on board. Yeah. Why do you need space? <laughs> <laughs> this group's got like twenty-five people in it. Yeah, it's like the polyphonic spray. <laughs> Anyway, amazing. Um, sorry. So that's that. But what are we doing in these World Cup podcasts, Chris? Well, we're, we're going through different aspects of World Cups, picking our favourite bits and trying to build our bespoke dream World Cup. So we've done strikers, midfielders, we've done goalkeepers, we've done song, we've, we've done, done the theme tunes, theme tunes. That's it. Uh, and this week we're looking at mascots. Normally we bring one, but there's only three. We'll go, go through each one: yeah. 1990, and ninety eight. But before that. We have been deluged with correspondence. Do you want some? Yes, please. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay. These, this, a lot of this correspondence is about two people. Um, one is Yuri Geller, and the other is Barry Fry. <laughs> Tom Holt has written in, okay? So, uh, about Shrewsbury Town. He's a Shrewsbury Town fan, but this is an astonishing Barry Fry story. I thought you might enjoy a Barry Fry update from my recent trip to Wembley to watch Shrewsbury Town fail in their gallant efforts to reach the championship. Because I make wine for the club, I was lucky enough to be invited into the Royal Box by our chairman. Unfortunately, it was Wembley heartbreak again for town, but while I was drowning my sorrows, I noticed the one and only Barry Fry was at the table next to me. <laughs> Already excited. Full of cheap Shiraz, I decided to grab a photo when he left. He was happy to oblige, shared a few pleasantries and left. It was then <laughs> that I noticed he had a carrier bag, which he was filling with all the leftover programmes. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had 30 League One playoff final programmes, <laughs> which I can only assume are now on eBay, currently sitting between six ninety nine and eleven ninety nine. <laughs> Even at the low end, a free lunch and £209.70 in eBay sales is clearly good enough business for Barry to turn up. <laughs> He's such a used car salesman, oh, isn't Thank he? you to Tom. That is such a good email. I love Barry Fry. I, I Do you think it... he is selling them on? Well, can he be bothered? Unless he's using them for, like, kindling or something. He's got, like, an open fire. You know, how people take home the evening standard to scrunch up. Uh, the financial situation of Barry Fry fascinates me. Like, he bought the club, but then he didn't really. Is he really rich or is he completely skint? Well, I mean, that, that's not the actions of someone who's a millionaire. No, you say, but does he just love well, money? You the more that, money people though, have, the tighter they get yeah, often. You look after the pennies and the pounds take care of themselves. Yeah. He's probably one of those guys that everything he does makes a little bit of money. <laughs> I can't imagine it's worth him doing eBay. No. But I, he might have, like, he might have, like, a program there will be like program fairs and stuff right there right he's got a fence for, for programs yeah. Well, yeah. here's a Barry Fry hot take there's no way he's uploading that to eBay himself no way so has he got an assistant he wouldn't pay for an assistant his, it, his wife, wife, wife to do it to get his wife, get his wife to do it <laughs> we need to those four kids from the documentary will have flown the nest by now yeah do you know what would be great if we got not if we didn't get Barry Fry on this podcast but got his wife <laughs> and just ask her what's it do like? Do you know what we should do? We should go onto eBay, look at those programs. If there's lots of programs from that game and they're all sold by the same seller, yeah. that's probably Barry yeah. Fry or you, the worst. Yeah. Fry, Mr. Mr. Fry. <laughs> Fry Master <laughs> underscore General. <laughs> 
Do you reckon when he sells when he hits a gavel, like when he <laughs> does a transfer? Great going forward, top tier at the back, mate. <laughs> I can't keep a good man down. Okay, uh, we'll come to more in the uh, next uh, episode. I'm just going to th- read three titles, and you can choose which one you want. Okay. Do you want? Did I remember this right? USA '94 theme or Yuri Geller's temper? Well, <laughs> that's a no-brainer, that's isn't a it? No-brainer. It's, this is quite long, but it's so good. Right. <laughs> Hi guys, hope you're enjoying the World Cup. I thought I'd like to tell you about my brief interactions with the man who's been stealing the show on your podcast, the one and only Yuri Geller. I'm so glad Michael described him as an old school snake oil salesman. You've hit him on the head. In the late 2000s, I spent a soul-destroying three years working at a well-known DIY superstore. Although there was often celebrity sightings in the store, Melinda Messenger came in twice, there was a real buzz throughout my department when one of the design consultants had gone out to a large property belonging to none other than Yuri Geller. Yuri subsequently came into the store with a big bag containing signed copies of his book, handing them out to anyone who'd give him the time of day. He also took some staff down to the in-house coffee shop and bent some spoons. <laughs> right. However, following this visit, Yuri Geller never came back to the store. He went a little quiet. It was my job at the time to call customers who'd received a quote for a kitchen and or bathroom, but not followed through with the purchase. What a job that is. Oh. The time came for me to give a follow-up call to Michael Jackson's best friend. I dialed the landline telephone in front of me, and in less than one ring, Mr. Geller picked up. <laughs> No, no, he knew it was going to ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he initially seemed charming until he just realised who was calling. I asked what he thought of the designs and quotations. He then went from one to ten on the rage scale in a heartbeat, shouting down the phone. One of my favourite angry outbursts, said in his unmistakable accent, was, do you want me to tell you the whereabouts of your quotation? It's floating down the River Thames. <laughs> Although I quickly came to the conclusion that this was a dead lead, Yuri insisted that I go back to the design consultant, pass his feelings on and attempt to bring down the cost significantly. He made it clear that only I should be contacting him. If anyone else tried, he would, in quotes, slam the phone down on them, as he now, in quotes, knew my voice. I then became the middleman <laughs> for about a week, going back and forth between the designer and Yuri Keller. What? Being fairly experienced at cold calling, I was able to spot a time waste from a mile off, and Yuri is a perfect example of how someone who had too much time on his hands. The fact is, his quotations were very reasonably priced, especially considering he was someone who lived in a mansion on the river. I'm not really sure why he approached a budget provider of kitchens and bathrooms, considering some of the luxury competitors in the area. Eventually, after manual markdowns, we must have been offering the kitchen and bathroom a loss to the company. I started to wonder if he'd worked mind magic on the humble orange apron staff. <laughs> Nonetheless, he never showed any intention of purchasing his new room designs. <laughs> and despite him always finishing a call instructing me to ring him the following day, I eventually gave up on him. I was rapidly losing dignity and self-respect on the back of what would essentially be a daily rollicking from someone on Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> Looking back at it, I felt these phone calls gave Yuri a chance to vent. I think all that shouting was the result of something a lot deeper than the stresses of property development. (laughs) He psychoanalyzed it. It seemed like it was the most exciting part of his day when I called. (laughs) Maybe it's lonely in the niche profession of ruining cutlery. (laughs) 
Still, anyway, what an enigma. <laughs> Probably best I say anonymous. Cheers. Oh, I find amazing. his financial situation bizarre. How's he making money? How do you make money out of bending spoons? I bet he does a lot of corporates. Like, I can imagine him doing, like, birthdays for, like, oligarchs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Yeah. I can totally imagine, like, they'd have Celine Dion do six songs. Yeah. And then Yuri Gallen would be going table to table doing some close up magic. I think you should speak to Flo and try and get on the same bill as him somewhere. <laughs> To be on the same bill. Our next live show, should we just get Yuri Geller to do warm up for 40 minutes? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go through the three mascots, talk about which one's our favourites, but then it will be for you to decide which the best mascot of 90s World Cups is. Yeah, we'll put them on social media, so go on to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and vote. And at the final episode of this series, we will reveal all of the winners. So, mascots. Shall we begin with Italia 90? Yeah, I think it's the best mascot ever. I agree. This right, is... Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just put it in perspective? What well, You're going into Italia... So Italia 90 was a chow. Yeah. If you're not familiar with him, it's probably not the podcast for yeah. you. <laughs> Which was uh, red, green and white cubes for his yeah. body and then a football head. Yeah. If I knew more about design, I'd be able to tell you that that is some style that I... Like, it's the most kind of surreal one there has ever been. Well, if you look at the history of mascots, he yeah. stands out. Like, all, all of right. the rest of them are almost I'm, sort of cartoon oh, characters. I'm just going to read you, post-World Cup Willy, what we're dealing with going into Chow. <laughs> yeah. Mexico, 1970. Juanito, a boy wearing Mexico's kit and a sombrero. Lazy. Lazy. West Germany, 1974. Tip and tap, two boys wearing Germany kits. Argentina, 1978. Gauchito, a boy wearing Argentina's kit. His hat, neckerchief and whip are typical of gauchos. This is my favourite. Spain, 1982. An orange. Typical fruit of Spain. <laughs> wearing the kit of the host nation's national team. Mexico, 86. PK, a jalapeno pepper with a moustache and a sombrero. <laughs> They really stepped it up from there earlier. Yeah, no, that's like the most racist thing you could have as the Mexico mascot: a jalapeno pepper in a sombrero with Emerging a mustache. Xenophobia, that. Yeah, yeah. PK, oh which means spicy pepper, as well. Oh it's unbelievable. Um, so then you come into Chow, which if you Google image search it, if you haven't seen it. How do you describe it, Chris? It's essentially a, a bunch of Lego blocks with a yeah. football for a head. Well, yeah. you two love it. I think it's the worst one of the lot. <laughs> do you? What? It's, what? It's, it's mildly threatening. What, <laughs> yeah. is, what is this? It's like an extraterrestrial. Like, you saw it, you wouldn't want to approach it. No, I'll, I'll be How honest. If one, of well? the, if one of the mascots is going to walk in, I'd prefer PK to Chow. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it looks big, doesn't it? It's terrifying. It, has it got eyes? It doesn't even have a mouth. <laughs> How does it communicate? How does it walk? Because the black blocks are all square. I don't it's know if ridiculous. this is legitimate criteria to judge a mascot. Like, how does it communicate and walk? Well, like, what? it's a design classic. But what? It's just like a, a picture. You can't. I mean, you've got a. I've got, I've got one up there. Yeah. You've got a. Michael's got an actual kind of like a figure of Chow. So that's an original it, Italian it, ninety Chow. It doesn't have like. It doesn't appear to have joints. It doesn't move. Like, what's the head? It says like, what drugs. is it like mascot? Like, yeah. You, you, you want a mascot to walk around a pitch or something but like that. That's what I do, but do. yeah. But what I like about it is that. it's so deep. You can't go human in that. I think they did. I think there was walking chows. Um, 
I can see a point. I think maybe my view of Chow is based on the fact that it was such an iconic mascot for me at the time. Yeah. So, in the same way, I'm pretty sure Pilgrim Pete isn't the best mascot, but he'll always be my favourite. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I, I also, I'm quite bored of animals that play football. Yeah. As mascots. There's a sentence that I never thought I'd well, but which, am I meant to believe Chow? By which I mean the Colombian team. Am I right? Yeah. Um, but um, am I meant to believe Chow is playing football, or he's well, got a football he, for a head? He wouldn't no, be playing football. He's got see, a football for a head. Do you ever see Chow kicking a ball? He's just got a ball for a head. Here's the theory: Is the ball his head, or is is Chow just the body and he's his heading what his shoulders? Mind blown. <laughs> make more sense would I mean the be, whole thing's a nonsense would that be a handball <laughs> it's shoulder handball it's kind of chest I guess Neck. yeah, yeah um, so. the whole thing's a nonsense it's well, not a mask I mean we'll it, see won't we we'll it, see what the public thinks it looks good thinks. in an image but practically it's I, I, I'm shocked that we've got this far into this podcast and I've only just found out that you hate Chow. well we haven't really the first time I've been able to voice my opinion <laughs> on the matter I'm glad the opportunity has arisen well, why don't you pitch the next one as your favourite? Well, is it your favourite? It is probably it is probably my favourite. So, USA 1994, we have, of course, the, Striker, the World Cup pup. This is your favourite? <laughs> the Striker? Grow up, mate. Uh, <laughs> just think, I mean, this is just a classic So, Striker is a dog that plays football? Yeah. For me, that is literally, in name and animal and action, Route 1. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular animal. Yeah. Named after the most popular position on the pitch, playing football. Well, the thing is, USA '94 is about bringing the world's game to the to the Americas, to the North America, and they want to ease them in. So they've just gone with the most obvious mascot possible. Oh man, and it's it, boring. You know, he's so it's, it's, boring. Striker, the World Cup pop, is just a, a classic pop album. And, <laughs> uh, and people, people like you, you want your deeper cuts. What do, you, you what want do, what do we know about Striker, the World Cup pop? He's the son of uh, Leo the Lion, the '66 World Cup in the. Canon of what? World Cup Willie. World Cup Willie. Sorry, yeah, he's the he's son. A son he's the not the son of no, I've made that completely. I was saying, maybe I can string you along. Um, um, I think he's awful striker. Well, he's, I think he's, he's a, everything that I don't like about the fact America's having a World Cup. <laughs> he was designed by the people at Warner Brothers. The was it? Striker, the World oh, Cup. Yeah, yeah. Was. But he has got eyes and a mouth. He has got <laughs> eyes and a mouth. But it'd be weird because he's a dog, obviously. It would be more of a big decision not to give him eyes and a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if they went with the featureless dog. <laughs> I mean, he's very vanilla, I will concede yeah, that. Yeah, I'd but say I mean, he's, he's very vanilla. I'd, actually I'd say if you'd given me a minute to come up with a World Cup mascot, I could come up with Striker, the World Cup pup. <laughs> I think if they gave you a minute, you'd come up with a better World Cup mascot than Striker. Well, also, I'd call him the World Pup, not the World Cup pup. It's <laughs> much better. Also, like, a lot of those mascots don't have, like, they have names, like Chow. I like, think I'd do a cup. and so, If England got it, because we'd yeah. like tea, I'd do a World Cup cup. <laughs> Called the World Cup. Cup. Cuppy. Cuppy, the World Cup cup. <laughs> Um, but Stryker after on that Wikipedia page of, to, that talks about World Cup mascots it says Stryker the World Cup pup so I wonder if the Americans n- named him the World Cup pup as, because they didn't or, really understand what mascots were do you know what I mean it's like they have to ground Stryker in the problem America have got when they're pitching a World Cup is the whole thing is do you pitch it to the Americans that aren't interested or the people that are really into the World Cup around the world So and Stryker seems to me like they've gone we need something that 
is a real entry level mascot. <laughs> well, I think and probably one of the can... reasons why I think Chow is my favourite and yours is that that's the only mascot that doesn't feel that it skews towards kids. Like I always feel like a mascot's job, whether it's at a football club or a World Cup, is to bring in children, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. entertain children. You'd and the World ch- Cup pub is <laughs> Chris is pulling a face. You'd leave your kids with Chow. No, no, I'm saying it's saying. the opposite. Chow's, oh, right. Chow's yeah, the yeah, grown-up yeah. mascot. Oh, yeah. He's the only one in the history of mascots. Exactly. He's yeah. the Harry Potter player as opposed to the books. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to France ninety eight? Yeah. Footix. I don't remember what Footix looks like. Can you? I'll read out the Wikipedia. Uh, a cockerel, one of the national symbols of France, with the words France 98 on the chest. Its body is mostly blue, like the host nation's team shirt. And its name is a portmanteau of football and the ending X, a name suffix commonly used for the Gauls. Other proposed names are Raffi, Hoopy, and Gallic. So, Footix, I liked because he's got a cheeky smile. I like yes. his, I like his colouring because he he does look like the France kit, but they haven't just put him in a t shirt. Yeah. In the pictures, he's he's doing different things with the football. One, he's taking a throw in, which isn't the most obvious thing you'd expect to make a. a <laughs> in fact, he's he's never seen really, hardly ever seen kicking the ball. He's more, he might even be a keeper footix. What I like about him is he's a fully blue cockerel, but on the bottom of his feet, he has got studs. <laughs> <laughs> As if to imply that he's not wearing boots, but his feet are made for playing anyway. I like him. He's quite rude one, but he's not He's not a jalapeno pepper and a sombrero. I think the animation is just classier. He's almost got... Um, yeah. You know how Tintin, the animation in Tintin, has a slightly kind of classier, grown-up feel to yeah. it? If you look at World Cup Pup, he's like a child sort of Saturday daytime cartoon. Yeah. He looked like he's, a, he's an extra from the raccoons. World Cup Pup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does look like it. Whereas, and he, he'd be the most boring character, in it? Yeah. Whereas Footix, you can see him maybe popping up in Family Guy, probably tell a few Yeah, he does jokes. look a bit yeah. Family yeah. Guy. He, he feels very self-aware. Yeah, I think if I had to go for a pint with one of them, I'd go for a pint with Footix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Chow, I definitely wouldn't. Like Chow, Chow wouldn't be able to pick the pint up, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> What if he does manage to pick it up? Where's he pouring it? <laughs> um, uh, Footix is good. And actually, the whole of France 98, the branding, like that's the last World Cup I really remember that has a really strong logo. You know, the football with the kind of blue little kind of... Yeah. Well, this a- one's got quite underneath. a good logo, the Russia World Cup. Not logo, but it's got a good poster. Good brand. Yeah, yeah. Because, I suppose, because Russian art is quite kind of iconic. Some countries are easier to brand than others. France has got quite a kind of clear national colours and like it's very difficult to brand a joint South Korean and Japanese World Cup do you know what I mean well their mascots were awful I don't even remember what they were there was like three of them I think and there was this kind of like weird almost like manga-esque abstract things I know we shouldn't be talking about current football on this podcast but what in the name of God are Qatar going to do for their mascot (laughs) (laughs) it's the drum of oil (laughs) So there we you, go. Your favourite is I'm going Footix, and yeah. I and I've got a visceral hatred of Chow. <laughs> I do enjoy that. Uh, I'm going Chow because he means the most to me. But I could <laughs> I could see your point. I think Chow's going to win, but we'll see. What do you think, Mike? Uh, well, I think Chow will win, and also Chow should win. Jay like in, in Pinocchio, where the, the the toy comes to life. If if someone if we were offered the chance to bring any of those World Cup mascots to life, I would be so anti Chow because I feel like he might start a revolution. He like he could kill a man. I wonder whether there's anyone that's had a nightmare about Chow. 
Oh, he's nightmarish. <laughs> he is totally like, nightmarish. He is nightmarish. The cold light of day. Imagine having a nightmare about Chow. If you have to come home and find your girlfriend in bed with one of the three <laughs> mascots, which would you choose? Bottom of the list would be Chow. I wouldn't mind that because if it was, she was in bed with Chow, I'd go, well, how have you had sex? How's this work? <laughs> Where did you, did you kiss his face? <laughs> um, that isn't the vote, though. The vote is your favourite. Just to be clear, when voting, that isn't the question. Yeah, the question is, how would Chow have sex? Is it A? <laughs> Um, we're going to end with a very quick quiz. We're mixing it up this time because I never get a chance to play. So Josh is going to be the quiz master and Chris and I will compete for who gets to pick the song that plays out at the end of the show. Okay. When England played Argentina in 1998, I'd say that was arguably one of the, probably the second most iconic game of the World Cup for England in that decade. But what I want to know is, in St Etienne that night we can all picture the stadium yeah. what was the attendance I think I oh. I think I've read this what well you can start them I don't think it's a lot I think it's something like 38,000 38,000 Michael well just to prove I have literally just written down 38,000 oh, as well oh, however however having been to that stadium for the Euros in 2016 I think it might not even hold that many. So I'm going Whoa. to say 37,000. The attendance was 30,600. Wow. Wow. I remember reading that. It's shocked. I was shocked by it. I remember reading that. England v Argentina in that. But remember when you watch the highlights back, the noise generated is enormous. Yeah. But there we go. 30, there you 000. go. Michael, your song. Uh, I would like Seal. Kiss from a rose. Yes, yes, please. Where's that come from? There used to be a grey and tower alone on the sea. See you next episode very soon. Bye. 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 The light on the dark side of me. Love remains a drug that's high enough to feel. But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.